0: course it took me a week to crawl this far. I thought I was a goner. said to myself, Mick, old son, find yourself a nice comfortable spot and lay down and die.
1: Weren't you afraid?
0: Dying? Nah. I read the Bible once. You know God and Jesus and all them apostles.
1: Well, they were all fishermen, just like me. Yeah, straight to heaven for Mick Dundee.
0: Me and God, we'd be
2: nice. All right, well, welcome back to Marcus Played, Michael Deniston. Yes. This week's podcast is a special one. Is it? we are. Well, we're kind of bobbing and weaving here. I kind of jumped at the opportunity to talk about this movie, which is Crocodile Dundee. And, uh, I kind of built, made up, I think is the better word, <laughs> the, um, the theme to go along with it. And I think we're going to go with, the uh, uh, movies that are beloved by their countrymen, right? Foreign films that are beloved by their countrymen that, uh, or maybe even take it a step further and that really represent their countries.
0: Okay. I got you. So, uh, I, I didn't know, did not know that was the direction you're going to go, um, because I always thought Crocodile Dundee, uh, here, maybe misrepresented or maybe it was bringing a small slice of a particular country to American audiences. But this was crafted by an Australian. This is written and stars uh, a native son. So maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the thing about it is, is this is, you're
2: right. So it's, he's a native son. But he's also he well known comic in Australia. I did a little, a little internet research, sort of Wikipedia trolling, and Paul Hogan was really well known in Australia prior to this as a comedian. He had like a television show. He was kind of um I I don't even know what to call him, but he's um Mister Bean
0: for Australia.
2: <laughs> Ooh, now are the Mister Bean movies as beloved in the UK as I, they are? I
0: don't really know. I'm always um I, I'll just I'll just out myself here. I don't. I don't even know if I've ever seen this before, before this podcast. Other of the D, really? I had memories okay. of it, but it's like, you know, this is, uh what is this, 86? Yeah, 86. So, yeah, as a kid, I have memories of this character and some of the hijinks that ensue, but I certainly had never watched it with adult eyes, and uh, I also may be mixing up memories with the sequel, was that uh, Crocodile Dundee, like, <laughs> takes Manhattan or something? Uh, he, well, I mean, he's in Manhattan
2: in this one, but I think in, in the roles are reversed a little bit where he has to go back to Australia to
0: defend against <laughs> some cartel leaders or something. Okay, so <laughs> maybe I need to watch that because that sounds like they went into fast and furious mode there. And, uh, you know, we don't have mythologies or cinematic universes in this time period, but I, I can see. I think see we it. need it. It, it, it probably would have gotten as crazy as the, uh, the fast, uh, Two Furious saga did. Watching it now was, uh, was a struggle, man. I, what? I, I, I did not, did not dig this. I, so <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I wanted to go in blind on it, uh, because it was going to be a fresh watch for me. And it takes like, it, you're a half hour in. And they're still in the like get to know you phase. I think that's uh, right around that mark is the first. Yeah, like, you're talking about uh, Linda Kozlowski's character
2: and Paul Hogan's character, Croc, Croc and Sue.
0: Yes, the uh <laughs> the reporter that has quite the budget for this nonsense story. That she <laughs> it's like this small town thing. She's like, I heard this guy fought a crocodile and. Crawled through the jungle and lost a leg and uh hey give me uh give me about ten thousand dollars here I need twenty five hundred for his like friend of a friend, a helicopter ride, and i'm gonna get him and bring him back and uh, so <laughs> it's absurd to start, but there's a lull like there's not a lot of comedy in that first half hour, and there's also not a lot of romance it's actually like and considering it's a ninety minute movie I'm like I, they are really like sort of they're in no rush on the screen time here to to get to it. I think that the
2: comedy is the stuff that isn't funny isn't supposed to be funny today, right? You know, it's the uh, it was suppo- maybe this was funny back then. You know, the the, the constant barrage about her, her being a woman and wouldn't last and yada yada, and then sort of her she's the fish out of water in the first half sure. half of the film, right? Where the Aboriginal guy comes through and he's got the jeans and the nice watch, and she's talking about the, taking the spirit away. I, I did things.
0: dig that guy. I liked him. No nonsense. Just, yeah. you know, welcomes himself to camp. Uh I don't know if he was around when uh, Dundee was spying on those cheeks. Uh She's like... It <laughs>
2: was a formative moment in my life. So <laughs> I, I saw this at the theater as a young chap, <laughs> very young chap. And I, I clearly remember... So, you know, you always bring up your mom and how she introduces certain movies mm-hmm. to you. Yep, And I clearly remember me being so confused about the cheeks... <laughs> and why so glorious? And I had to ask my mother, and I didn't know. I was very young at the time. I was, like, sh- she had to explain it was the cut of the cut of the suit that she's wearing, right? That it really enhances the thing. And it was just this formative moment of of explaining ladies' fashion, ladies' swimwear to me. Um, so you didn't understand
0: very- why uh, Dundee was. Knock his, knocking his head against the, uh, the tree branch there. And, uh, you know, his, his, her breath was taken away when she, uh, th- that's a pretty erotic way to fill your canteen. <laughs> 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 then the
2: biggest crocodile I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life comes after her. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, modern Hiro. 2020, I might have rewound that a few times. <laughs> to just oh, I was—I sure. uh,
0: I had it on, you know, probably not the way that uh, the auteur, Paul Hogan, wanted it to be. I had it on my phone with our beloved stars, and uh let me tell you, there was a few thumb taps on the screen. The ten seconds back, <laughs> ten seconds back.
2: <laughs> You're doing like the full Zapruder
0: film back into <laughs> the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoom in a little bit. You know, don't care if we uh, we have the aspect ratio right. Everything else is is looking good. Yeah, I, I struggled uh, with this one. And uh, I'll go ahead and introduce my, my podcast. Uh, okay. I, there were a couple that I was I was looking at for, for Crocodile Dundee. Because the other thing I think we... And you and I have probably even talked about on various other podcasts is comedy in particular when it doesn't work for you. Right. It's hard to get through. And so it's not that when I was watching I found anything particularly wrong with what was happening. But totally, it really wasn't what I expected. I, I expected... Uh, you know when I mentioned Mr. Bean, and obviously that's what is that like fifteen years? 10, yeah, that's a little more slapsticky. This is like
2: a more of a situational thing.
0: Yeah, uh, but like the moments that stuck out for me with Crocodile Dundee himself, he's in kind of the the fish out of water stuff is extreme when he gets to the states and the the whole not a knife thing. This is a knife, um, and so I <laughs> the transgender lady or whatever it is. Yeah, there's.
2: I wanted to, I wanted to you know they hear the Deniston take Red Kentucky take on. Uh, his uh, his deciphering or understanding of the LGBT uh, Q community.
0: I don't think there was a Q at that at that time. I think the alphabet was a little bit easier to remember back in those days. <laughs> uh, you know, drop a clip here of uh, it could have been worse because I was recently a guest on Blast from the Past on the True Romance Film Podcast where Christopher Walken calls uh, this community mutants. Mutants. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um
2: which Barry defended to his death my co-host did. on the True Romance film podcast defended it
0: he did defend it i uh, all right so uh yeah check that clip out but my clip is not about Crocodile Dundee but it's it's about knives out so i was looking through and i'm like how can i be a smart ass because i'm thinking like oh knives out because that's the only thing i fucking remembered from Crocodile Dundee uh was the knife thing uh but it actually kind of applied because uh and I dis I'm I'm on a streak of uh putting up clips of podcasts that I disagree with. But I think you and I do agree that we kind of dig that. Like when you can make that interesting, like you can take the completely opposite position of myself the listener, and you can make it engaging and it doesn't sound whiting or complaining. Uh they uh they were talking about knives out and pretty much all three of the hosts on the spoiler piece theater podcast uh, we're in agreement that the twists didn't work for them. That they, that everything appeared to them at least telegraphed. Why didn't it work for you so much?
1: I, I- I liked it. It's not like, I like, like I said, I liked seeing the actors. I liked their camaraderie or rather their anti-camaraderie because they right. were at each other's throats. You know, it, right. it
0: was a great ensemble. Yeah, great, it was a ensemble. Really great ensemble. One of the best
1: ensembles I've seen this year. Um, yeah, it, it, this is the thing. I feel like I need to sit on this a little bit more because I'm not entirely sure what didn't work for me because the visuals are great. The editing was great um it's funny it's funny the main character
2: has a funny personality quirk that when she lies Uh, she she, pukes pukes. (laughs) which is
1: great um and i also love that there there's a political commentary happening about um like immigration and immigrants rights oh my god Um, like seeing tony collette and um, don johnson arguing because tony collette is pro-immigration and don johnson is a horrible um anti-immigration uh person and that's and the and marta the main character is you know,
0: Nobody from, can remember where she's from. She's
1: from Paraguay. Right. But they're like, Paraguay, oh, Ecuador Ecuador, right. Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Brazil,
0: they don't even fucking speak Spanish in Brazil. No, I mean, for they Christ speak Portuguese.
1: Sake. It's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I really loved that there's a very intentional political thread going mm-hmm. on in this film. And also a class, you know, commentary happening too, and I love that. And but yeah, there's something about... I, I don't know. I feel like maybe if it was shorter, it would be better. Maybe if it was tighter.
2: Yeah, it could have been shorter. It could have been tighter. Toward yeah. the end, you feel like you're just kind of rattling on, especially when it gets to the Daniel Craig, you know, listing it
0: all out. and like, Yeah, this it's like he does do. his fucking Robert Forster impersonation from Psycho, <laughs> you know?
1: actually didn't bother me because usually when scenes like that happen yeah. where they're spelling it all out I'm bored to tears and I actually wasn't bored
2: well that part wasn't it. boring it was the like the in-between stuff where I felt like we were just dragging oh, our feet yes. to get to it yes. yeah and, um, it's,
1: and it's funny when like Lakeith Stanfield even says like this is the worst car chase scene ever and like it's very meta because I was like yeah it was a terrible car chase mm-hmm. scene but yeah so I think if I think if about like a half an hour or so were shaved off like and it was tighter yeah. It's
0: about 2.15 right Right, it roughly. is. Yeah. yeah. Like 210,
1: 215. Yeah. So I think for me, if it was shorter, it would have worked better. Or if there were more twists. Like if I really was actually guessing That's until That's the thing. The it
0: end, wasn't twisty. It was just no. like... And so what they were saying then is, especially in like a murder mystery, and this one leans comedy, uh, you have to then rest your laurels on the character work. And if you enjoy hanging out with the characters, uh, even if you know you or at least you think you know what's going to happen next that you enjoy seeing the characters work it out and seeing them banter back and forth and i guess that's a long way of saying that's what was missing for me with crocodile dundee and it's mainly this uh <laughs> this actress who i did not know but i've i've seen quite a bit of her now or i've seen at least one moment in her life uh, repeatedly quite a bit she i don't think she's a good foil for this This version of this uh, the the fish out of water character. I I don't. uh, I I looked up because I was also trying to uh, see how it uh, was received at the time. And Rotten Tomatoes has this at eighty seven percent. Eighty seven percent hit. It it was critically (laughs) and financially a hit. Huge hit. Eighty seven percent based on thirty one reviews. The audience score fifty nine percent based on two hundred (laughs) and fifty four thousand. What do they know?
2: Those, you know, what it, that was the 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 onus of. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, the Marvel. You know how they 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 boost it down if a woman's in the role. Mm. You know what was that 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 thing
0: that everybody complained about? Captain Marvel. Sure. I mean, they complained about a lot, but I think that's the one you're going for.
2: We're we're you know they did that for Crocodile Dundee. They didn't want a foreigner in here, just like uh <laughs> like our 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 late great uh, compatriot who doesn't like foreign films. <laughs> or does it recognize the four films of winning at the Academy Awards?
0: I had to go to someone else with a little more authority and so Roger Ebert has one of the green, I guess, splats here on Rotten Tomatoes. And he was oh, referencing no. that uh the all the pieces are in place for something that he would dig and he has dug in the past, uh he compared it to a lot of nineteen thirties kind of screwball comedies. Uh and he was talking about the sort of gender dynamics where you have like the the rich girl and then the kind of uh, I guess the, the the town yokel or the, like sort of the goofball and like everyone in her sort of, uh, her class is like looking at her like she's crazy for hanging out with this guy for entertaining this 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 complete nuisance to them, uh. But the for whatever reason the pieces just don't work and he also put the blame on uh, Linda, Kozlowski here, uh, saying that they just did not did not have the chemistry for him and I, I agree. You know if I'm gonna agree with someone it's got to be the the master of the form right they didn't have
2: enough chemistry but they ended up getting married and had like four kids or something like that together in real life
0: doesn't doesn't work i mean it didn't work doesn't for translate huh for jili uh, ben affleck jlo didn't didn't happen fair enough fair enough see I, you went
2: to roger ebert as your critical source like your the
0: defining um, Expert, I guess. Well, I only went to him second after you accused me of going to the Marvel fanboys, who for whatever reason are trolling the Crocodile Dundee page. But yeah, either one, take your pick. They don't like butts, apparently. Um, <laughs> I do. You're winning me back. Okay, go ahead. Where's the
2: nasty Hellcat when you need him? No, so I went to a more a a a, a more um a, a, a closer to home critic or a, a a source so here's my podcast uh they're called the sinner files i
0: don't know if you've ever heard them but they are from sydney new south wales oh that makes sense uh, you know you are a traitor to your country so here you go again yes hiro
2: international man of mystery <laughs> so they, i don't know if you know what that's in australia just heads up i don't know what the geography lessons are like in red kentucky but uh
0: they after um, Crocodile Dundee, I have no interest in them. If this is the only film they could make, I, I understand why their film industry is dead. You're from Kentucky, though. You should be.
2: You should want to go to a place where you could just drive around in your truck and shoot kangaroos all night
0: long and drink cheap beer. You know, uh our mutual friend Andrew of the Curb once had me on one of his previous podcasts. I don't remember if it was the last new wave or AB Film Review, and we did Wake and Fright, which has a sequence. Of that, it's a pretty terrifying Australian film where they actually shot real kangaroos. Wow. <laughs> for, and it's an extensive sequence of just kangaroo carnage and death. And uh, yeah, that was it for me. I'll, I'll take the beer. I, I don't need to go on the, the kangaroo safari.
2: I've, I've seen enough of that. Kangaroo is delicious, for the, by the record. I've had kangaroo steak before. It's delicious. Um, so back to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to this. We're really doing up the Australia episode here. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the source, right? I went to—I wanted to know what the what the country thinks of crocodile Dundee. So I checked out the center files, and they, a couple of them, really enjoyed themselves.
1: Aside from the sequels to this, yeah. was
2: Paul Hogan ever in anything No, I but was... I think he'd already done all these TV work oh, before yeah. it was it was he got a huge, from... huge comedy star in Australia. But I love him in this. Like, he's just got so much charisma on screen. I'm with you, Stuart. then he comes up with the, he walks in with the ochre dialed up to 11. Yeah. And it's almost like you say he's waiting for someone to say, go like, that's a bit too much, mate.
0: But yeah. it's not. It works really well. But we've all, I mean, it could be just an Australian thing. We've all know a bloke like Paul Hogan. That mm. bloke mm. who's just he means really well deep down. He's a larrikin. He mucks around. He's always having a joke but there's not a mean bone Mm. in his body and so yeah he
2: walks into the pub and I immediately when I was watching this yesterday braced myself Hmm. to just be going the whole time I really didn't no it doesn't carrying on in the pub But I loved it. I just want to throw in a little apology to our many, many American listeners because you're going to hear a lot of Australian lingo in this one. We've already dropped like larrikin, oka, things like that. Please just go on Google and look them up because we're not going to be able to explain it all. We're crazy down here. Yeah. We know you're all cunning as Danny rats and you'll be (laughs) able to use, uh, and we know you'll be able to use the old Google thingy (laughs) we're and you'll be right. You'll be right as rain. They look at it and you know, they talk about Paul Hogan here and they talk about how He's all charisma, right? You talk about the chemistry between him and Kozlowski, but here I think that the the focus is really on Paul Hogan and his shtick, right? I mean, he's not just a fish out of water, but he's, I believe that in 86, he was a fish out of water here to the American audience as well, right? Because it's, it, we hadn't seen like a larger-than-life figure like shucking up the, the Australian stereotypes, right? The, and, and I think that... It's sort of breaking the fourth wall a little bit and, and, and that fish out of water sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they also apologize profusely for, uh, using like all Australian lingo during their episode covering Crocodile Dundee, which is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I need like a translator mm-hmm. at some points, you know, to figure it out. But I think Hogan has enough charisma to overcome that, right? To overcome what you see as a, uh, is a marital divorce in the making in, in the movie. Did they actually get divorced in real life or did they stick it out? They did. Yeah, they did. Much like your beloved Jiggly.
0: Could have, could have talked to me. I could have (laughs) just, (laughs) just show them the VHS tape or the laser disc at the time. And you can say, look, you, you guys don't have it. You kids just aren't going to make this last.
2: You're the marriage counselor that they, they sorely (laughs) needed. I guess so. Uh,
0: premarital counselor.
2: You know how in some religions you have to go see the priest or the rabbi before you get married.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a, I think fairly bad Robin Williams movie based on that concept, but uh, don't worry. I won't have that as next week's episode, (laughs) something else in mind. Uh, Well, I'm glad you went to the, the, uh, the nation, to, I guess, prove me wrong. You found, found one podcast that's saying, Hey, this is all right. This is cool. I was perusing Letterboxd though, uh, just to, to see, to go to an everyman. So I, I just wasn't a, you know, the, uh, the stick in the mud going to, to Ebert and the, uh, the second review down for the most popular review with 40 likes. So if you can get, actually, if you can get 49 likes, Hiro, on your review, you'll be the top, you'll be the authority. On Crocodile Dundee on Letterboxd. Uh, second one down. Super transphobic and homophobic joke that I did not recall from my childhood. Just made me sick to my fucking stomach. I think that's, <laughs> that's one and a half stars. <laughs> so so what, that's that's a good point. Like what, what constitutes a one then? Cause if you, if you can be all of that or, or a half for that matter, um, I tend to not. N- you know, I, I'm not saying I give movies of their time a pass, uh, but I I try to look at it from the eyes of the culture at the time, right? So I'm not defending this because I uh, I'll make sure it's be far more uh, politically correct and give this like a half star or might be a one. I'll, I'll mention the <laughs> the cheeks, um, but <laughs> that bumped it up to like a three, just, uh, right on its own. <laughs> I I had a hard time. Honestly, placing why this was such a hit. Do you, do you just really think it is just the Australian thing that it was just like a, uh, kind of a naive sort of, uh, first uh, toe in the water for American audiences on, on this, you know, English speaking country. It's not like it's completely, uh, ridiculously out there as far as lifestyle. I don't think
2: my viewing of the movie obviously, uh, satellited around the cheeks. So I, I really am <laughs> probably it was 86. So I don't have
0: that fond memory. Thank God. I think it was. This is an Number audio one
2: for nine weeks. This
0: is an audio format we're doing because if we were doing a YouTube channel, it would, you might as well just put a still shot of that scene as often as we go back to it in this conversation. <laughs> uh,
2: you know what? Let me just add it to the to the uh, to the art, the cover art. <laughs> Hook it up. I, I
0: expect that on uh, I dare on Instagram. You to post it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, you know, maybe some some extra clicks. Uh, yeah, I just I didn't find it. Um, really that funny what Uh, like i'm I'm maybe it's a
2: nostalgic thing i don't know i mean for me because it i i was 10 years old at the time that this came out and i do remember the the sort of wave that it was riding right number one it was this phenomenon for whatever reason it was everywhere and i just but i i think i was a little too young to really grasp why people were so connected to it i it was like for us in the early days of VHS, it was one of those tapes that we had and we played on repeat. We, you know, we only, we only have three movies to watch, four movies to watch. You play them over and over and over. And this is one of them. Um,
0: I I don't know. I don't know what it was it's about very, this. It's very, very 80s centric, though, this particular theme, right? Like you trading places, uh, coming to America um, overboard. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, of Cheeks, there, uh, another great. 80s butt shot and, and that. I've never seen
2: that one. Is it
0: I know what you're doing this weekend then. Uh, <laughs> that, that seems to be something that I don't think happens as much now. Maybe, maybe it got re- revised like in the, uh, well, you even had something like big because I was thinking of 13 going on 30, which, uh, kind of redid that. Uh, they did a remake of Freaky Friday in the early 2000s, but this is definitely a very 80s style hook that seemed to have hit after hit after hit like throughout that decade of that particular comedy premise you know i was
2: thinking back also to what you were saying about um judging things in the era but also how comedy doesn't age well i guess especially if you weren't there when it when it kicked off right you found it funny then so you're going to continue to find it funny is blazing saddles is something that comes to mind and
0: uh- yeah that one's a. Uh- I, I respect <laughs> which I probably shouldn't say Wow I respect, Red Kentucky coming through. Look at that. <laughs> I respect Blazing Saddles far more than I would would have probably ever appreciated it. Even if I was uh I think of that era. I'm I never was like you know, young Frankenstein's another one. Uh, yeah. I, that, that like I guess style of comedy, uh, I'm not, not that big a fan of
2: Spaceballs, not, it's also a Mel Brooks joint, right? I yeah, mean, uh, just
0: not a, not a Spaceballs. Even as a kid, I, <laughs> whenever uh, Spaceballs was on TV, I just wanted to watch Star Wars instead. Like, I was just like, just give me the real thing. Uh, the, the I don't know if the, like any of the spoof type stuff, uh, which is, you know, Spaceballs kind of brought that back in a way. Speaking of like comedy tropes, cause you got the early 90s, you had what? Uh, hot shots, uh, Ugh. yeah, the whole scary movie series coming out at the end of the yep. decade, like that. Yep. Yeah, those type of things just don't work. Um, and I think that's okay. I think comedy is the easiest one to, uh, to write off, uh, in that regard. Uh, one that I did think of that it made me want to watch instead, uh, is Working Girl with Harrison Ford and, um, uh, what was yeah, this, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. yeah. Is Melly Griffith, is she the actual she is. main yep. character? She's
2: the, the blonde or whatever that goes in there.
0: But I don't know if that would work either. I, I, mean, I don't know, maybe, but that's... Uh, I've never seen that either. I I have vague memories of it, but that, that that's definitely not something. Even less so than Crocodile Dundee as a kid, I'm sure Working Girl was of no interest to me uh, as a young age. It's interesting that
2: you know this is the biggest Australian movie of all time, right? So this is the movie that everybody would point to. If you, if you say, hey, name me Five Australian movies. Number one, right off somebody's mouth is going to be Crocodile and D. America has so many movies. I think that we don't have that, that phenomenon, right? Cause nobody says it's an American movie. It's just a movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're not from, uh, New York, uh, that loses a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Is movies. there another
2: country that you could think of right off the top of your head that would just say, okay, that's a French film. Oh, that's a German movie. That is the German movie. That is the French film. Cause this is, The definitive, love it or hate it, right? You know, love it like our our friends over at the cinephiles, Mm -hmm. or um, hate it like the curb. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is the definitive Australian film. So, what is the
0: definitive? I don't know if there's a definitive. uh, If if it's not an uh, an English language film, I think it's it's hard for uh, that financial breakout to happen there is that particular barrier to entry as far as becoming part of uh the mainstream here here in america um what about pan's labyrinth for spanish cinema i don't i don't know if people would say that's oh that's not a big enough hit yeah um i mean i would say something like like, crouching tiger hidden dragon uh, i think made over a hundred million dollars but i don't know if anyone identifies that as like oh that is representative of that country other than like what country is it mike Fuck! I know. I don't. <laughs> ah, I just, <laughs> I don't even know if the actors in that particular film are all from the same. Because that's a fantasy, right? That's not even like at least with Crocodile Dundee, the it's in the plot of the film that hey, look at this weird Australian guy. No, I just wanted to see if you would jump off that I, bridge. I am. I'm not. Like, I mean, we're already you know we're making fun of uh reviews calling out the transphobia saying that they didn't rate it low enough i don't know if that makes us the good guy or bad guy in this instance i uh, i was actually like before you were trying to pin me into a corner i was trying to think of another australian film uh and <laughs> i only saw like so, the- tiger takes place in china just are all the actors Chinese or
2: oh, no? Uh, no, that's that's a lot of work. This is just a quick uh, reference.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a lot of work.
0: Keeping it to Australia, I thought of two. Uh, one is Australia <laughs> with Hugh Jackman. Oh, I, Nicole a massive bomb flop. Um, and the other is Babe. Those are the two that came to mind. I thought Babe was American. So hmm. immediately disqualified by my ignorance. Is that the? That's the, that's the ultimate judge, jury, and executioner here. Is your yes. okay? That's fair. My
2: blatant ignorance. Yes, yeah, so it's, a, it's a Chinese film. Up and down. The language is is uh, is Mandarin. When it says country on Wikipedia, it says Taiwan, China, Hong Kong, United States. I don't know. I think it's set in China, so let's make making a Chinese film.
0: <laughs> I'm not touching this is that. Terrible. I would much rather talk about Babe. I know. I know that much. There's uh, a pig.
2: Um. Yeah, no, and I, in, I, in all sincerity, you you do have a point. The language thing is, especially when you, you're speaking to us dumb Americans, is a barrier. You know, like our uh, our uh, esteemed colleague noted that uh, foreign films don't typically win best picture; they get the best director often, even though unrecognized by our esteemed colleague. Again, mm-hmm. yeah, um, the the language barrier is a thing when it comes to
0: uh, American audiences. Do you think it's uh, as much of a barrier in other countries like and I'm talking about, uh, obviously, we have the history on our side of the golden age of Hollywood and somewhat getting a head start financially as far as making this a product that we export out to other regions. But I'm just thinking like, you know, is it uh, if you're a UK citizen, do you have as much of a problem with French films? Hmm. So I will put on my international
2: man of mystery hat on here. All right, good. And I have watched uh, and and talked about films in other countries, but I will I will actually lean on this. So I wasn't born in this country.
0: Spoiler alert! I think uh, I heard I that on in- one of your episodes. Sure. I'm pretty sure Barry, when he was uh, backed into a corner, made mention of your uh, origins in the what, the Peruvian jungles. I think that was that's, what he that's said. That's correct. That's correct. Yes, that's what he does. <laughs> he gets backed into a corner. He just attacks. He's <laughs> he's like a honey
2: badger. You know, he <laughs> just comes with the claws. Um, <laughs> um, so I remember my 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 parents would send me to in, for to spend my summers with my grandmother in Peru, and um, films there. Uh, When you there's not there were not a lot of organic Peruvian films, so the films that you get there are American films, just dubbed or with the language underneath. So it's it's part of their movie watching culture. Um, This is my same experience in Germany. Yes, there were some German films, but half the theater, if not more of the theater, was actually American made films or films from from other parts of the world. So either you speak English, and or the, or you get the dub on the bottom or something, you know. So it's part of in the enjoyment of that culture. It, you, I do not think that um, in other countries the foreign thing is as big of a deal. So I bet you, like if you went to you know Germany, France, something like that, or Peru, Colombia, in these places, they appreciate foreign films a lot more. My grandmother, as a kid, she was a movie lover, and she would. Talk to me though about foreign films. As as I got a little bit older, um, that's all she ever talked to me about was, "Hey, this French film movie I saw, this Spanish language movie, this Italian film that I saw." It was always I, I was able to actually connect with my grandmother later in life because she would watch all these foreign films that I was also starting to, you know, art house. I was starting to dip his toe into. So, yeah.
0: There Do you, you think go. they? Uh, so, like in this instance. Uh, we've mentioned uh, that you have one podcast that uh, thinks this is a you know much loved representation of uh, their their culture, or you know putting you know, it, certainly putting Australia on the map as far as box office totals. If it's if it's still number one. Um, do you think that that puts undue pressure on this? Cause I don't, you know, is Crocodile Dundee really meant to like this represents, <laughs> this represents the average Australian citizen? <laughs> I mean, in as much as like you said, like in America, we don't even think about it here cause we kind of take for granted that most big movies are from our country. However, I think you and I can agree. I, I don't think that most big American movies are really reflective of my life experiences or yours, in particular. If you're talking about the biggest hits, those are oh, right. usually you know space epics or uh, superhero movies, something like that. They're escapist. Yeah, no, you're
2: right. Uh, I don't think. I think. Well, I mean, that's also indicative of our current culture and our, our and what our box office looks like. Right, the big hits are escapist. We're not. We're not really self-reflective too much on the American experience these days, um, outside of like um, Fahrenheit nine eleven or something like that. You know, I was say the it, Michael probably Moore films.
0: Times we probably don't want to. I think there's almost a backlash. It's kind of like a, you know, sports media. You see a lot of that with like stick to sports. Like don't you know? Basically, allow allow shut up the double Mike. Shut you know, shut up in podcasts. Talk about those cheeks some more. You know, just <laughs> don't, That's don't what I too, do. <laughs> don't get too reflective, but. I don't feel like Americans, uh, we maybe be, maybe it's just because we're just getting more shots at the basket to keep with the sports analogy that we don't feel like every one of them has to be like, this is our only chance for, to be an American film to the world. I don't, <laughs> I think it is that American confidence, but it's also just the practical side of it that we put out so much product when it comes to films that yeah. there is no pressure on a single one to be like, this is about the American experience. So, while I didn't like Crocodile Dundee, I would, you know, I I don't think I would necessarily agree with the even the uh, the countrymen tearing it shreds for not for not representing them because it's it's a silly comedy like it it shouldn't have that pressure.
2: You have an interesting point about the uh, James Harden shot volume here, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we're just firing for effect. Because of that, also we can um sort of bore down and highlight the experience of sort of sub. Sect- sectors of our country, of, of the American experience, you know, America is a place that is founded by immigrants, you know, as much as we hate it in, in today's society, um, we are all immigrants to this country. So, um, like, for instance, I was thinking, you know, of a movie like uh, Winter's Bone, um, where that is a very reflective film on a very tiny experience in that part of the country and that experience right but then a person like me really gravitates to something like chef very different movies but really indicative of how I grew up and sort of the music and the the foodiness of of how I grew up actually part of my life right so I think we have because of that shot volume we have a better opportunity to really become a little more nuanced or be a little more um surgical with our our reflection
0: but certainly uh well I mean Chef was a hit but it, it's not was a Was it a hit? I think I think it was a, I think it financially it was a hit but it's also not it's never going to be this uh, sh- cultural shorthand across the globe like probably Crocodile Dundee became even someone like myself who was like yeah I think I saw that as a kid I still have distinct images of this character like I if if there's just a still if there's just a picture of Crocodile Dundee I want to know who that is even really not having seen the film as an adult I don't know. I don't mean to uh, to piss on your beloved chef film, but I doubt <laughs> if someone puts a picture of Jon Favreau eating, I don't know if they're going to go to chef immediately. I mean, the, the man has made a career of enjoying food. Wow. Now you get a fat shame. That was not a fat shame. <laughs> Did you ever see a Dinner for Five? Like the, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s show where he no. was like, oh, you would love it. He'd just have guests on. It was a talk show with like four people and they would just have, have a meal together. And it was just oh. very, they just sort of jumped around topic to topic. Did they make the meal themselves? No, they would go to different restaurants and they would set up. Okay. And then they would talk about the menu. What are you going to get? And then they would talk about movies. It's a really cool show. I mean, I'm pretty sure Favreau put it up on all the episodes up on YouTube for free now. Because it's a year years and years and Yeah. It used to be on IFC, the Independent Film Channel. It's a cool show. Okay. It was. Not, I was I'll not fat shaming. Go. I was just saying that he's he likes food and he's, he's made some good entertainment out of it. And I know he has that Netflix show. Probably the best thing that Netflix has produced
2: where he took his show chef and then he, he goes with uh, Roy Choi and they cook with celebrities and they sort of like dig into like interesting little recipes. And I, I love, I'm a, I'm a foodie anyways, and I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. So I'll check that show off for sure. Hey, um, this, this devolves from Australia to food. It's <laughs> like, I think they're <laughs> fine <laughs> with it. Right. I yeah. mean, it's,
0: you know, we can exchange ideas here. You're going to bring in presumably some Australian listeners when you, you shout out to uh, this particular podcast and, uh, Mine will be like this had nothing to do with Knives Out. What the fuck are you talking about? And that'll be fine too. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really struggling with what because I had multiple options here and where I, what I want to make you watch going forward. And I, I don't know if we should just finish out the month with the like sort of accidental <laughs> uh, foreign film thing we did here. Even though the okay. foreigner is not, I don't know if the foreigner counts uh, as a foreign film. Uh well. It takes place in the UK, right? Is Somewhere Martin out Campbell there. American?
2: Ooh, I don't think he is.
0: Good, good. That that fits with our narrative.
2: Shitty internet research coming right up. He's from New Zealand.
0: All right, <laughs> we're, we're clean. Then we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. He's from New
2: Zealand. I think. Let me make sure it's the right Martin Campbell. He does it. Yep, it's the same guy. Um. So, what is our next thing going to be then?
0: I want to do the film that Twitter is telling us we ha- absolutely have to watch. Oh
2: God. You don't do what, it. You
0: know what it is, don't you?
2: Portrait of a lady on fire? Yep,
0: that's what I want to do. Oh, really? Well, here's why. So What's the theme then? I I think we're we're gonna flip it. Crocodile Dundee became a big hit. And maybe there's a debate on whether or not this represents this particular <laughs> culture. Portrait of a Lady on Fire uh, was not a hit in any regard and was talked about incessantly, I feel like for well over a year. Got an extremely
2: limited release. You should probably be talking to more people than just Dave, just to be fair.
0: Well, actually, I, I'm not actually talking to Dave. He's just like talking at. <laughs> He's shouting into the <laughs> void every day about it. Um, like if you
2: had long hair or if you had hair, it would be <laughs> blowing
0: back by the amount of shouting he does at you. And yes, there was a pot shot in there. Uh, I was trying to think. Maybe it's worth it that I'm balding then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I would give up hair if I uh, to have Dave not shouting about Portrait Lady on fire. That was not the direction I was going to go initially, but one of the points I want to make kind of transitions us into that, and in that I think one of the worst elements of maybe the super cinephiles or film Twitter, as uh, I guess people would shorthand call it now, is the expectation that what you love. Everyone must love. Like, every, if, if mm. only they could see it. And I think what you were talking about as far as for American films, you have this, like, chef. Uh, the other one I was going with, which would not be uh, foreign, would be All the Real Girls, which is hyper-specific to the small North Carolina town. And the, the I can sort of honestly lifestyle. say I've
2: never even heard of that movie.
0: We'll get to it. We'll get to that. But first, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I actually... <laughs> may reuse for a sober cinema episode because i feel like we could do some good material with it and i say that side unseen but uh i think the nasty hellcat could uh could really have some good good zingers on it but we'll see when that that comes have up. you seen this movie yet i haven't seen it I've, I've not seen it nor have i but we're going to next week uh fine <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's funny like i should be the troll in this instance, but I'm the one dragging you along for a portrait of a lady on fire, and I really know nothing about it other than nor uh, do I. Then certain people, uh, film Twitter will not shut up about it. I, you know,
2: I always make a point of trying to watch
0: all of the shit that's out there. Is particularly if if
2: it's critically, uh, um, lauded, I, I would definitely jump on over it. You know, I. I but there's something about this movie that it's just held up as this thing and there's so much noise around it that it's just pushing me away and i know it's not fair to the movie
0: it's not fair but they they are they're breaking your letterbox rule aren't they like when i i i, I put you in the corner as far as goodfellas like so you're telling me that opening weekend of goodfellas if you'd had that experience four and a half. you would have been four and a half uh, there's a lot of immediate fives for a portrait of a lady on fire of the people who have, uh, have seen it. And so I don't know, maybe it'll be good because you have two guys that are very hesitant to, uh, to jump in. And I think part of the discussion we'll have will be how to accurately judge it because I, I definitely don't want to join the herd, but I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to abuse this film that maybe didn't ask for this, these type of people to be <laughs> to <laughs> bring talking supporters. about. It. <laughs> uh, so the, t- the topic is, uh, we
2: sh- th- we love it, so everybody should. That's kind of, you know, it, it's pretty much. It, I all I have to do is go down the Rotten Tomatoes, the top one hundred percent, and then you just look at. Th- there's tons of movies out there that made no money. Mm-hmm. They're all super rated high, or maybe I just take it from a personal perspective. You know, a movie that I love that that I feel idiocy is out there for not loving it. Like Chef, I'll just talk about Chef again.
0: I'll I'll, I'll I will give you uh, kudos because uh you know th- this makes you. Uh, two for three. Crocodile Dundee did not, did not take. But if you well, want to be fair, it,
2: this wasn't a recommendation. <laughs> this wasn't like, Hey, Mike, you're going to love this. This was like, we should do this just to fuck with, with
0: Andrew. Here, here's a, a compliment that, uh, you know, we'll wrap the episode on because I know you'll, you'll, you'll probably get aroused and have to, you know, go find your wife, uh, in the house. Chef is one that I liked when it came out summer 2014. I was like, well, that was a good summer movie and not one that I thought that i would revisit much or think about that much and it really grows on you like the more because i've watched that one probably five or six times so probably, you know it's probably like an annual type thing yeah. in the summertime and that's one that if i was redoing lists from that year uh it would make the cut and there's something i think there is a dismissiveness with it uh that maybe is why i have some hesitancy with something like portrait of a lady on fire because there's there's a certain type of movie that we instantly elevate, and then there's ones that we sort of dismiss as popcorn entertainment that actually have more value than, at least for me, than I initially gave it yeah. credit for.
2: Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And Now, we're not going to go that far to say, like, you know, a Marvel movie should be in my top 10, you know, the popcorn movies. But I think that there's a a honesty in that movie, especially from Favreau, that I that kind of got a hold of me. Well, obviously, the the sauce and the dressing that he puts on it appeals to me because i am a foodie and i do love latin american music and all that stuff it's really coming after me but i do love that inner core of that movie being an allegory or for his experience with like sort of the big budget films and and the pain of putting your shit out there and people don't like it you know much like this podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>